Thank you for joining me on the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, AZ. I find the research and resources and then provide the fire service with the so what, now what, to ensure the health and well-being of every member of our profession. Together, let's thrive. Hey there, everyone. It's AZ with the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast back with another episode. And today I'm welcoming back as a second time guest, the Rescue RD, Megan Louts. Megan, tell the people hello. I really appreciate you, Megan. I appreciate your time and your expertise. And um, I wanted to talk to you today about uh, working with fire, because I imagine as a little girl, you didn't grow up saying, I want to be a dietitian and I want to work with fire. But I do have a lot of listeners who are practitioners who really do want to work with fire. And so I want to talk to you about all of the things, your best practices, your advice, all of those things. But start with the backstory. You're in school, you're becoming a dietitian, and then... Yes, that, the origin story of the Rescue RD. Here we go. So I, I do think this is kind of a, I know for some firefighters who are listening, I think this is important for you to realize as well, because if you're coaching other firefighters, sometimes I've seen firefighters kind of go a little too extreme. And um, it takes several years of practice before you realize that, you know, you kind of sometimes need to take it back and really meet your clients where they're at. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I uh, never thought about being a firefighter dietitian. I know no firefighters. I don't have any firefighters in my family. Um, you know, I wanted to be a sports dietitian. I went to college. I went to James Madison University, got a bachelor's degree in, in dietetics. I did my internship at uh, University of Maryland, and I thought I was going to work with sports teams. And then I realized how competitive that sports is. I'm sure Maureen Stockline will tell you. Um, it's not an easy job to get into. So I ended up falling into corporate wellness and I really, really loved it. I started at Northrop Grumman. Um, I did about a year there and then we were laid, they laid off about 50 coordinators across the country and we had one month to find another job. So I went to the USDA, got laid off within a month and I was like, wow, this is great. This is awesome. This great is career I, choice, Megan. Good job. What have I done? Like, you know, I thought I was, you know, going to get out and work 30 years at Northrop Grumman and then commence my career as a wellness dietitian in North Grumman. No, like, I mean, that's not how it worked. Um, so I went and I worked behind a desk for a little bit and I got this job as a wellness manager at a, um, at an op health clinic, occupational wellness clinic. And they were like, you're going to work with public safety. And I was like, you want to give me any details on that? Like, no, just no. okay. Um, sure. Anything's better than sitting behind a desk. Um, and you know, they fire really took well to me right off the bat. And I, you know, I was interested in CPAT. I was interested, you know, I had a natural interest in any sort of fitness stuff with my background as a personal trainer as well. And so I was like, I'll take CPAT. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'll participate in recruit workouts. Like, and then if, and you know, if you want me to talk after I'll talk after, so I think that approach, um, it, it was just natural for me because I didn't know what the, what firefighters did. So I, they're experts in their career. Um, I'm expert in nutrition, but I can't help them from a nutrition standpoint if I don't know what they do for their jobs. Um, I can't make it specific enough to make it actually tangible and realistic. So, um, and I think that helped me right off the bat with building rapport because I didn't come in and beat on my chest and say, Hey, I'm the expert in nutrition. You will listen to me. How dare you eat a donut at lineup? 
um, I was just there and I was just curious. So uh, that's how I ended up in fire. Well, and that is one of the pieces of advice that I do provide to the professionals that are looking to create a career in coaching fire is get curious, ask questions, participate. And it sounds like you just naturally did all of those things. And then you also, you formed a relationship before you tried to start leaning on people and, and getting them to change their behaviors. I think that's, that's really, really important. As a dietitian working in fire, tell me about some of the the big hurdles that you had to get over? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think my biggest hurdle was it's, I mean, like it, the, the metaphor is drinking from a fire hose. That is literally what it was, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> a lot of information. It's a lot of jargon and terms that like, I have no idea what they meant. So again, it was just, again, being at the stations are really, it's really important for me to be boots on the ground at the stations, at the Academy, at the gym, at HQ, like constantly being in front of my firefighter spaces as much as I can for a 1400 man and woman department. Um, so, uh, struggle wise, I, I really haven't like struggled too, too much. Um, again, I think that comes from just, just natural curiosity and constantly trying to engage. Um, but I think some of the bigger struggles, you know, there's always the politics in the department that you're trying to work around. Not everybody is ready for these types of change. You know, firefighters, you know, hate two things, change and the way things are. So, Facts. you know, it's sometimes it's, it's hard to work around that. Um, and, you know, of course, the first few years, it's like, I don't know anybody. How do I get out to stations? You know, I don't want to just show up and barge in and say, you will listen to me now. Um, but I have learned that if you give them snacks, they will invite you places. So that is how I've worked around that. Yeah, that that works for me too. And yeah. uh, I have also used that trick on Megan. Will, yes. will you please be on my podcast? I will give you snacks. It's snacks worked. are it the well. universal language of firefighters. Very good. Yes. I want to drive home this point because you you talked around it, but you never really came down and said the word. So I'm going to say it. Megan formed relationships with people before yes. she tried again to, to push her philosophies and her, her will on people. So forming a relationship is very, very important. I also want to recognize that Megan did an awful lot of work to get where she is, but she also had an opportunity that presented itself to her. And many of the dietitians and the strength coaches and the chiropractors and all of the other professionals that reach out to me, they don't have any sort of uh, an opportunity presenting itself. They're trying mm -hmm. to create something from thin air. So let's now say I have a dietitian that's trying to create an opportunity from thin air with a public, let's say public safety, not just fire with law enforcement. Give them your top tips, Megan, for creating that relationship and potentially getting a job or a contract. Sure. Absolutely. So to be clear, the reason I didn't say building relationships is actually relationships make me very uncomfortable as a person. I am an awkward human. My mother didn't hug me growing up. doesn't mean she didn't love me. She just wasn't a hugger, you know? So like I have like, 
Like we can talk about the, we can put flash a picture of the bowl cut in sixth grade at any point, any, you know, in this podcast, that is not visual, but you know, I've always kind of been an awkward person. I've been called a strange duck many times in my career and lifetime. It's It's, I know, but honestly it kind of works out because being weird, it, you know, and, and sarcastic works really well with firefighters because they're also weird and sarcastic. Um, but, you know, so so for me, it, it was less of looking at it like I need to build a relationship because that gives me anxiety, like social anxiety. Like I'm like, I'm going to screw this up. If I think of it as building a relationship, I get clammy. Um, really? So, okay. Yeah. It, it, I guess it doesn't come off as such. I'm doing a good job hiding it maybe. You are. Um, I would never have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it comes stems back, all stems back to the bowl cut. Um But, you know, so for people who feel kind of awkward with this relationship piece, I think the best way to get around it is just to be genuinely interested in how you can make things specific for people. If you like people respond very well to being listened to. So if you listen to them and provide them some like tangible, actionable tips that are specific to their lifestyle, they're going to, you know, eat out of the palm of your hand because they, they've never had someone do that for them, especially these populations like first responders and firefighters um, or fire and police. You know, in the tactical arena, the three biggest challenges are no time, no money, no energy. And when I say money, money is subjective. Money for wellness-related activities. Um, some people think it's too much to spend a certain amount of money on food and, and wellness, Right. So if you really listen to them and meet them where they're at, that's how you build the relationships. Um, so before you even start talking to firefighters, you should really be doing quite a bit of research on the back end, um, if not with friends or other firefighters, you know, at, at different departments or something like that before you even engage a department. Because if you come in and you're like, hey, so you guys get off at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. tonight? like That's the worst, Megan. It's the worst. They're, they're, they, they shut off right away. They're going to shut off. Um, you know, so you kind of have to have some education there. And obviously if you're following like people like Annette, you know, fire rescue wellness or me, the rescue RD, like if someone watched all my posts, they could pretty much figure out how to work with a tactical population because I'm giving you, these are the barriers. Here's how you fix them. These are the barriers. Here's how you fix them, you know, in realistic ways. So that was a long tangent. Um, did that answer the question? Yeah. And I, I just have to back up now, Megan, I am a relationship person and I'm a hugger mm-hmm. and I always like come in at you, giving you the big ass hugs. Are you cringing inside when I'm doing that? Yeah, I mean, to a degree, but you know, it's fine. I've learned how to work around it. Oh my gosh, Megan. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I feel like Annette's going to cry on this podcast. We might have to re-record. Um, no, <laughs> you're I'm welcome so to hug me. I will hug back. It doesn't, it doesn't make me cringe when I like the person. How about let? Yeah. If I like you, I will hug you. Let's go with that. If I don't like you. Oh my God. We won't, we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> I took a note while you were talking. Yeah. In public safety, we have no time, no money mm-hmm. and no energy. Yes. That hit home because mm-hmm. The time thing I think is somewhat valid. The money thing I think is a term is a is a product of priorities because many of my coworkers uh, they don't have a gym membership because it's expensive, but they also have a boat, a vacation home, and 
the, the, the jet skis, the trailer to tow the boat, the big pickup, they have all those things. And the energy, I think, kind of goes back to the sleep deprivation. But let's let's revisit the money thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say an agency, now not an individual, an agency is telling you, we don't have any money for health and wellness. Is that an agency that you're going to keep trying to pursue? Are you going to completely write them off? Are you? What are you going to do? Um, I think it, 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 it really depends. I mean, you can offer a handful of free services, but you also have to create a boundary immediately off the bat, because if you start just doing things for free, that that's setting a precedent that you don't have value from a financial, your services don't have value from a financial perspective. Um, but I will say, so my, um, I have really been focusing on social media this year. Like I have been gunning for it. I've grown my following by about 2000 followers since February this year. And I have found people are reaching out left and right, um, you know, from LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, because I've established myself as an expert in the field before they even know me. You know what I mean? Um, And they almost, by the time they actually reach out to me, they feel like they know me because they see me in the reels. They see me in the stories. They see my face. And that is a big difference from when I started my social media. It used to be just the infographics, right? I still do those infographics, but you never saw my face. And um, I really think that made a big difference in having departments reach out for presentations. Um, I have a huge contract with a local police department, uh, and that was from a grant. So if you can figure out, you know, if they've applied to grants or have had grants, that's one way that they could get some money for your services. Um, you know, but, uh, that, that's not really the direct answer to your question, but I will say like one strategy is, is having that social media presence that is niched down and very specific. Yeah, that's per- that's a perfect answer. And what I want everyone to take home from everything Megan said is that, when you are free, you are establishing your value, which is nothing. And you could be giving wonderful resources for free. But at the moment you decide you need to start charging for those resources, you will never get paid for them. And so putting out things on social media, the infographics, the the reels, the quick digestible information, like Megan said, establishing yourself as an authority, and then setting the precedent that I am the authority. My services cost money is, I, I believe, the way to go. I truly believe that getting your foot in the door by offering things for free is going to backfire 99 times out of 100. Would you agree, Megan? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, unless, again, you are setting the boundary up, I am willing to do X amount of services, but I will require payment after one, I'm willing to do one free session. Um, and sometimes, especially for younger dietitians, younger trainers, I think it doesn't hurt to provide a free service, but it has to come with a boundary. Um, you're not working for free, uh, because you might have time for it now if you're 22 years old, but I can tell you now getting closer to 30 and having a business and a full-time job and a part-time job, um, I I can't do things for free anymore. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to be having on a future episode, I hope she hasn't officially agreed yet, but uh, Christina Montavo, who is a Mm -hmm. 
local to me business coach. And she said something a few weeks ago. She says a lot of things that are really smart. But she said something a few weeks ago, which was, if you find yourself repeating yourself, record yourself and replace yourself. And I was like, whoa, that is so smart because I find myself saying the same thing over and over and over again. Everyone wants to have the same conversation. Mm -hmm. So those conversations that I have to keep repeating should be a webinar or they should be a, a YouTube video. The other thing, the other boundary that I've recently drawn is that I'm happy to say things again because once is never, You have to keep saying the same thing over and over again. I'm happy to say things again, but I will not say things again for one person. Right. So if you're a department reaching out to me and you want to pick my brain, I really hate that term, pick the brain, because it implies like, I don't even have real questions. I'm just going to sit here and have you hopefully tell me everything that I want to know. In, In instances like that, I will say it again but I am not saying it for one person. So if you want me to say it again, get 10 of your chief friends together and we can hop on a Zoom call. And I'm happy Mm -hmm. to do that. What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts on that, Megan? Yeah, so I agree. I think um, limiting it to like 15 minute discovery calls and it is a hard 15 minutes. And I've done this with even one-on-one clients, um, but you're not there to give them their macros or give them their workout plan or give them their outline for wellness services to the department. You're saying, here's what I can offer. Here's why I specialize in it. This is all the time I need to give you right now, but you can pay me if you would like my expertise. Um, That I will say, because again, I'm a lot younger in in my career than you. I have less experience. So that imposter syndrome is really rough. Um, I I hear it doesn't go away, Uh, but- It does. When you get to be my age, you don't give a shit anymore. Okay. Okay. So maybe, okay. It's gone away a lot for me, Um, but- I will say the repetition has helped me like hone in a message that is that is specific to me. People know I have tangents on fiber, caffeine. uh, I'm going to blank on all the rest. Sleep sometimes too. Sleep. You know, I have very specific tangents, and people know who's going to go on that tangent. It's me, the dietitian, the rescue RD. Um, So it has honed in my experience. But at the same time, like if someone is considering paying me for something, then you know we've got a time limitation. there is what I would say. Absolutely. And the other thing that I would offer is that one thing that Megan does really well is branding. So she has, you know what you get with Megan, you get the tangents, you get the passion, you get the understanding of firefighters. And that's who she is. She is branding all of the time. And so that's one piece of advice I would offer to people Be genuine, be authentic, be vulnerable, but always be branded and true to your brand. And and if you're very new in this career, you're like, I don't have a brand. You will start listening to yourself. And and to add to that, um, sorry, (laughs) to add to that, like, cause I, I have just like, I feel like I have just found my brand. I probably have had one for a while, but I've always been myself. 
I've never tried to hide being a weirdo. It's actually probably gotten worse over the course of my career, particularly as I have started filming reels, um, because <laughs> you just, you just don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, if you make yourself a, a full of yourself on the internet three times a week, you just stop caring. Um, but I think it comes off as natural. Um, you know, and it's, it's my brand is my brand because that's who I am as a person. I'm not trying to pretend to be anyone else other than myself. And I think that's really key. Um, when you're starting a business or starting to get into this area. I absolutely agree. So speaking of time, I want to be very respectful of Megan's time because she has a hard stop. She has clients, she has other things to do than being my podcast guest, but I want to make sure that everyone knows how to get a hold of her. So Megan, tell the people your website, your social media handle, all of the things. Ready, go. Yes. Hi. Uh, Rescue RD uh, uh, for, dang it, I was put on the spot. Uh, RescueRD.com <laughs> is my website. It shows what I offer to departments. There's a free recipe book. I definitely recommend that to any strength coach, dietitian trying to get in this field so that they can see um, that that does show you how they eat. Uh, and you can download that by joining my email list. Uh, the other thing is, uh, my Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook rescue RD. So, and like I said, I post on that very regularly. The infographics will teach you a lot because you'll figure out all of my stuff is tailored to the challenges of fire and police. Uh, so if you're trying to figure out what those are, you just got to scroll through. Absolutely. Well, Megan, I appreciate your time so much. I know that you will definitely be coming back on the podcast at a later date. I mean, just plan on it. Um, anything for me or the people want to leave them with anything. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just le meeting people where they're at. And honestly, for first responders, you have to lower, lower the bar, lower your expectations. And that's not to be offensive in any way. It's just being realistic. People who don't have a lot of time, money or energy, because they don't sleep, they see dark things on a daily basis. You, you need to be very reasonable and very uh, empathetic to what's going on there. So that is my, my number one thing to leave with. I think that's outstanding. And I'm just going to summarize the whole thing. Stay weird, people. Stay weird. This has been AZ and Megan Louts, the Rescue RD, who is hydrating right now. We are out. Bye.